This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello everyone, this is the Evil Chocolate Cookie bringing you today's edition of the Jeopardy Chronicles. I realize we're a bit late, I was otherwise engaged for a few minutes, but we're here now. And since it's Saturday, it is time for our spotlight. Today we are going to be talking about James Holdtower. So James Holdtower is kind of an interesting case, because James Holdtower made his first well-known appearance in the game show department on the GSN version of The Chase back in, I think it was 2015? Something like that. Sorry for the persistent noise my AC likes to make its feelings about the universe known. But, yeah. But James Holdtower at the time got the largest cash builder in the history of the show. He ended up answering 12 questions correctly in 60 seconds. Do the math, folks. That's one question every five seconds. So that's pretty hard to do. I mean, even as fast as Brooke can read, you, you your brain just can't really keep up most of the time. So that's that is an accomplishment. So James should be very proud of himself for that. Well, maybe. I'll get to that in a moment. James was also part of the three-person team who got what was at the time the highest amount of steps. The record up until that day was 22. James's team got 26. And the Beast kind of went home crying because he got his butt kicked. So fast forward five, four or five years to 2019. James decides to go on Jeopardy. Well, James had been trying to get on Jeopardy for years, but that was when he actually made it. Which is, I guess, kind of important to note. I don't know. But all the waiting and prep work paid off because he ended up with a 32-game winning streak. Which was, at the time, second only to Ken Jennings himself with 74. I say at the time because it has since been surpassed twice. I think we may actually talk about those particular individuals in the next couple of weeks. Mm. 
And actually, I started to say, you'll see them soon, too, when we talk about the Tournament of Champions. I started saying, you may hear about them, but you'll definitely be hearing about them. But anyway, back to James. James was a very, very, very aggressive player. Not only did he go boing, 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 boing all the way across the board, but he tended to make very, very, very aggressive daily double wagers and such. And he has several of the top highest scores. He has the single game winnings record several times over. So James, James was a lethal player in so many senses of the word. The only thing that really, you know, the, the main thing that brought about his downfall is when in his 33rd game, the other two contestants kept the daily doubles away from him. Which kind of hurt him because he kind of depended on those for those massive near unbeatable scores. I say near unbeatable because anybody can make a stupid move at any time. But yeah, losing control of the daily doubles really really hurt him. And as a, and because of that, one of his challengers was able to defeat him. And my android thinks for some reason that I need to know that someone's messaging my messenger. Which, spoiler alert, I neither need to know nor do I care at this particular moment in time. I'm busy. But anyway. We've not, we hadn't seen the last of James though. Of course he was invited to the Tournament of Champions, which he won. Um, I don't know if he was invited to the All-Star Games or not. I didn't get to catch Ow, the All-Star Games. I think it was the All-Star Games. But... He was also invited to the Greatest of All Time tournament to play against Ken Jennings and Brad Rutter. Most notable for... the following clip. is not a foregone conclusion in spite of these scores you see here we'll get rid of those scores right now we will of course add them to whatever the hey Brad's score is still on there <laughs> <laughs> wow it's gotten to be that kind of competition <laughs> hasn't it <laughs> That clip, believe it or not, caused a lot of people to get upset. I don't know why. Brad took it as a joke. It was very clearly a joke. So I don't see why so many people kind of blew their tops over it. But they did. So, what can I say? After that, James became one of the initial three chasers, along with Brad and Ken, 
obviously James lost the, G- the greatest of all time tournament to Ken Jennings. I think he got second place, if I'm remembering correctly. But he became one of the initial three chasers on the new version of the chase that began in 2021. And he's still there. As long as the show continues to be taping, that is. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have another season or not. I really, really hope they do. The most recent, most recent we've seen out of James was during Masters because he came back to play against Matt Amodio, Amy Schneider, Matea Roach, Andrew He, and Sam Buttry in this really, really epic tournament. And actually, James won. And my prediction, I told people when the contestant list was announced, I said, um, watch, James is going to steamroll a lot of them. Well, James, um, James didn't exactly steamroll a lot of them. He almost had second place. Had Matea gotten the answer right and made a different wager, uh, James would have gotten second place. But he steamrolled most of his opponents. And I think we touched on this last week, but Alex Trebek was very impressed by James. And said that he actually would tune in to all of James's games and watch them, even though he'd hosted them, because he was so impressed with this guy. I'm not going to go into the whole story again, because like I said, I do believe we touched on that in last week's Spotlight. So, that is James Holdtower in a not-so-brief nutshell. Uh, Before I go, I just want to, once again, recap what's going to be happening over the next few weeks. The summer rerun schedule has dropped, and they are re-airing Second Chance and the Tournament of Champions. And because we weren't here... When those originally aired, I'm going to back up and we're going to cover them because those were very, very, very important over this season. So, I feel like they deserve some time some time to shine here too. And we can only do that if I back up and cover them. So, at least for the next five weeks, Monday through Friday is going to be filled. We'll still have our spotlights and strategy corners as well, but... Monday through Friday was what was really up in the air for us. So now we know that's going to be taken care of. With that, I'm going to say goodnight. I will say I will see you folks tomorrow. I do apologize for being late. And as Alex would say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production.